Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, what's up, the anchor mission to enter the mothership, brother? Ever heard a sports talk show like this before? Didn't think so. What's going on, dirty, dirty? It's DA on CBS Sports Radio. DA, how you feeling, brother? And I'm feeling great. I'm doing great. Happy! Wednesday, boys and girls. One question, one question only. How do you feel? I feel good and I'm doing well. Well, that's all that really matters. And on the week that we send off Mraz, we have continuous fun and games, high drink, high jinks, eats and drinks. And we will continue the fun and the fun yuns later on today, Thursday and Friday of this week. This week also, though, the only thing that can top Mraz's farewell as SEC Media Days. The college football world converges on Nashville, where the SEC has come together. Our next guest is the host of the Tom Abraham Show on ESPN's 97.7 The Zone. He's also the host of Bassmaster Radio as well on the Sports Map Radio Network and was a mentor of mine, has always been since I began in this industry many moons ago now more than 20 years ago helped get me my first job joining us this morning from nashville is tom abraham big dog good morning good morning da how are you i'm doing good you know a lot of emotional farewells and goodbyes to Moraz, most of them involving a roasting making fun of him in some way shape or form so that's good yeah no that's always great i, did, I thought he was already down the hall i didn't realize he when i got the text message from him a couple of days ago. I was like, what are you doing, man? And I thought maybe you had hired him on the side yourself. You know what I mean? Dig- digging into your own pocket to just kind of yeah, help no. out. He doesn't need that anymore now that he's going down the hallway to the big sh- the station in New York. He doesn't need that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, so in Nashville, the Jimbo Fisher-Bobby Petrino marriage was kind of the headline from, from day number one. Do you think that that will work? I think it can work. I think for Jimbo, it has to work, really. I, I don't know that how many more options as that buyout gets smaller and smaller. I don't know how many more options that he would have. So I think it can work. I think that, um, you know, Bobby Petrino is at a point in time in his career where, you know, being the offensive coordinator at Texas A&M and having success, you know, for a few years, a couple of years, maybe that gets him his last shot at a big-time job. I think it has to work, and I think it can work, yeah. And I, and I do think that Bobby Petrino will be the primary play caller you know, all that talk, you know, Jimbo's trying to act, you know, keeping it close to the vest like people don't know. But Bobby Petrino didn't go there to, you know, to ask Jimbo Fisher whether to call a run play or a pass play. He's going to be calling that offense. You think A&M will win an SEC West while Jimbo is still there? 
Uh, I, they are my surprise team this year, only because they were so bad last year. I feel like they're going to be, you know, they're, they're going to have a bounce back year. Winning the SEC West, I, I don't think so. I think that the, there is a reemergence of LSU. Alabama still Alabama, and and this is the last year of the SEC West, right? Yeah. So, uh, so I'm going to say no. They don't win it this year, and after 32 years, there's no divisions anymore beginning in 2024. So this would be his last shot to win the West. So at Georgia, with the off-field problems, the off-season issues that they've had, do you sense that this is a great team that maybe the players itself – starting to lose control. We saw this at Miami. We saw this at Florida. Could it possibly be happening in Georgia? I'm not sure. I mean, you almost have to separate the incident that happened right after the national championship game where, you know, they were racing and uh, the young lady that was, uh, you know, that worked in a recruiting office, she had actually had three or four previous uh, speeding tickets, super speeder tickets and things like that. I don't even know how she was allowed to drive a, uh, you know, a, a university vehicle in that particular case. So it was kind of a different scenario, and obviously you have the death of a player and, and, her, and her death there. The rest of them, they're speeding tickets that I think you see 18- to 22-year-olds get all over the country, and that people don't really talk about it much. But with the backdrop of what happened with the, you know, the racing uh, issue and the fact that they're back-to-back national champions – you know, this is that kind of stuff gets exposed. I'm not sure that it isn't uh, being made to be a little bit of a bigger deal than it is. I don't think the program's out of control or anything like that. Tom Abraham joins us from Nashville and the host of SEC Media Days. So you're right. They're two different scenarios. But the one after the national championship game is a bad situation because, as you said, it's a staffer involved in racing. It's the death of her. It's a death of a player and you have another player who's going to be a high draft pick fleeing the scene and, and giving the wrong uh, story to cops. So that's a really bad situation. Do you believe that's just an anomaly for any program they could have been dealing with that? Yeah, I think a little bit um, you know, of that. I also think that they think they're bulletproof, especially in Georgia, you know, because they're back-to-back national champions. So I think there's a lot of that at work as well. So the kids, you know, they have that over – confident type mentality. But um, again, I do think it's something that we see all around the country. But not the one after the national championship game. I mean, that, that's... No. Oh, no. That's terrible. Now, now what happened there in that, that mindset of, you know, you know, racing 140 miles an hour, they said she was driving when she lost control of the vehicle and hit that tree. And, you know, the, the fact that Jalen Carter, you know, uh, played fast and loose with the details on that was not good. So that, that's, a, that's a really bad scenario. Did we flip the roles of Georgia and Alabama in the national race and in the SEC over the last two years? Well, well clearly right now, there, I mean, there's no doubt if you win back-to-back national championships, the, the, the thing that some that is lost on some people is that Kirby Smart is, and, and Georgia have played Alabama with Nick Saban five times, and they won one. It was the national championship game a couple of years ago that happened a month after Alabama whipped them pretty good in the SEC championship game. And as you know, like in the NFL, very difficult to beat the same team, you know, twice in the same year, much as much less twice in six weeks. So, you know, it's, it's not like Alabama has fallen off the face of the earth. Um, Kirby's one and four against Nick, but right now he's the king uh, because they've got the back-to-back national championships. What's really interesting 
is how much Kirby has taken from Nick Saban, you know, and the fact that he was able to, you know, he was able to get up there yesterday and basically talk for about 14 minutes before he took a question. And that's right out of the Nick Saban playbook. We're going to see that in about an hour with Saban. He'll get up there, and it's almost like the state of the union. It's the state of college football. It's bigger than the SEC. And Saban will go on for 14 or 15 minutes before he takes a question. Kirby did that. Brian Kelly got up there, made an opening statement that last 90 seconds, and started taking questions. So, you know, it's kind of a different thing, but uh, – Alabama, Alabama and Georgia are double-digit favorites in every single game they play this year except for one. Alabama's a seven-point favorite at, uh, against Texas at home. Georgia's a seven-point favorite at Tennessee. Those are the only games that they are not double-digit favorites in. It's hard to imagine a scenario without a significant upset, uh, a scenario where those two teams are playing in Atlanta. Um, you know, come the first weekend of December. It's really interesting to me to hear all the conversations about can Georgia three-peat and how long can this go and how great are they because it wasn't so long ago that we said, well, Georgia can't win a national championship because they just kept stubbing their toe. They were the poster child for unfulfilled expectations. You follow the SEC as closely as anybody over the last 20 to 25 years. Are you surprised that somebody finally found the turnkey to unlock all the potential of Georgia, or did that always exist? No, I, I think, first of all, the players. I mean, Georgia is one of the most player-rich states, you know, um, this side of Florida, probably Texas, Georgia, right there. And for, you know, for capita, it's just unbelievable the players they have there. Plus, in North Georgia, where he is, he's tapping into – uh, South Carolina, which has great player talent, gets some from Alabama uh, as well. So the, the talent has always been there. I think taking the formula, I mean, my God, when you look at Georgia play football, you're looking at early 2000s, or 2010s Alabama. It's the same thing. A defense that strangles you, an offense that will pound the ball at you and then go play action and beat you down the field, and they beat you for two weeks. They beat you, and then the next team's going to beat you because they beat you up so bad. It's a, it's a carbon copy of 20, 2010 through 2015 Alabama football where Kirby excelled as a defensive coordinator. So he took that formula and did a wonderful job implementing it at Georgia. And so now, you know, you, you have got another team that is able to rise to that level and play the kind of football that they play and, 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 and then peak at the end. You know, the way Alabama has several times for national championships and, and what you saw against uh, TCU, which was, a, you know, a total dismantling of a team that beat Michigan. Tom Abraham joins us from ESPN's 97.7 The Zone, SEC Media Days in Nashville. So Hugh Freeze now on the sidelines at Auburn. That is enough to fix how much of the problems at Auburn? Well, you have to tell me how good Peyton Thorne is going to be. I'm not a Robbie Ashford guy. He's the incumbent. I think there's a place for Robbie Ashford. He does some really impressive things with his feet, but you never know where the ball is going when he's throwing it. Peyton Thorne had that great year two years ago at Michigan State. I still don't think that you know he's the guy that's automatically going to lead them to the promised land. They're a they upset somebody. Maybe you know if they can split the Ole Miss Mississippi State games at home, they're a seven win team. Um, which is two games better than last year and a bowl team. I think that he will have them going, though. Within two to three years, 
I think that, that Hugh Freeze will have them going, uh, and they're going to be a significant thing uh, in the new SEC uh, without divisions and, and with the new scheduling and Texas and Oklahoma in there. I think that Auburn is, is going to be a thing. The biggest question is going to be if they stumble for a little bit, there's a lot of people that still have a problem with who Hugh Freeze is, the hypocrisy of Hugh Freeze. He feels, it just feels kind of scummy. And um, so I don't know how much I don't know how much slack he'll get from the fan base because Auburn is known to run. You know, I mean, they they run them off. I mean, they they they're they're quick to run off their coaches. So uh, that'll be the thing is how quickly can he assimilate and get the fans behind him to get them to overlook the fact that he's got a pretty scummy past. Oklahoma had a losing record last year. The defense got just torched. Brent Venables has now picked fights with Mario Cristobal and Deion Sanders in the offseason, seemingly. You have Texas and Steve Sarkeesian, who's never won a conference before in his career, although he does have good talent coming in, namely Ark Manning. But if we look at Tennessee and Oklahoma, I'm sorry, if we look at Texas and Oklahoma, are they going to get their butts beat when they get to the SEC starting next year? I don't think butts beat. I, I don't think they're automatic contenders. Uh, it'll be real interesting to see what happens with Texas at Tuscaloosa. That's a that's a measuring stick second game of the season. Um, and, and by the way, for Alabama, that that is kind of part of the uh, revenge tour. You know, they they get Tennessee and LSU at home in revenge games. But so many people say that if Quinn Ewers didn't get hurt in the Texas game, oh, Texas would have beaten Alabama last year. So I think there's a certain amount of, you know, revenge almost in a game that they – coming off of a game that they won last year narrowly. Um, so I expect that, that Alabama to be primed in, in that one against Texas. But I think Texas is ahead of Oklahoma. I think Texas can compete. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, in 2024, Alabama goes to Oklahoma. I'm not sure if Brent Venables is going to get that thing going. I can see Oklahoma being kind of a, a, a an eight to nine win type team, and I think Texas can compete. Um, but I, you know, I don't think they come in and automatically start you know winning SEC titles. It's not going to happen that way. And with the with, and with the no divisions, I actually think the no divisions will actually help them a little bit because if they were both in the SEC West, I think they would be battling for third and fourth and, and that type of deal. But being with no divisions. And, and playing a mix of teams from the East, more than just one or two teams from the East, they'll have an opportunity to be you know, a little bit better. But it'll be an adjustment period. There's no doubt about it. That's a good point. Tom Abraham is live at SEC Media Days. He'll have coverage throughout the day, 97.7 The Zone ESPN Radio in Tennessee Valley, and, of course, in his Twitter feed as well. And uh, Tom was a guy that helped get me my start in radio, so I'm always very thankful to him. Big Dog, have a great week down there. Love SEC Media Days as always, and it means it's talcum season, which means we're right around the season, right around the corner from football season. Got to get you down here for one of these. You I and know. I broke up uh, before uh, before I started coming to SEC Media Days, my first one in 2004. This is my 20th year at SEC Media wow. Days, believe it or not. Wow. Yeah, isn't that something? Yeah, 20 years. And um, But we need to get you down here for it. It is, it is quite the scene. About 1,100 media members uh, this year. So, and going to Dallas next year, uh, which is going to yeah. be really something to take. I don't like that. I don't like doing favors we, for one of the new members already. Well, I don't know when they're going to do big 12 media days. They'll probably have like, they, they'll probably take it to a waffle house in Waco <laughs> uh, or Lubbock, Texas, and they can do big 12. What's left of the big 12 next year. 
going to have Big 12 media days at the Waffle House, and then we'll take over with SEC they're gonna, media days. No, they're going to have Big 12 media days in Orlando next year. Oh, are they really? <laughs> no, no, I'm just joking. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, they, they might, a lot of people are saying that could happen. They could take it to Florida. That's so, yeah. funny. We'll see. Thanks, dog. Yeah. All right, man. All right, Appreciate see you. Big dog. Tom Abraham joining us this morning here on the show. As we know that this is Mraz's final week here with us before he moves down the hall. Nice promotion for him going to the local side of things on their afternoon drive show. But he has been, as closely as anybody, kind of monitoring the two chat feeds, both Twitch and YouTube. And so he's kind of been in the middle of both of those. And I'm, I'm seeing some of our listeners who are in the middle of the YouTube chat say that they, they've gone to the Maggie and Perloff chat and they get shunned that that the followers and the listeners to those chats are not being welcoming and that maybe even there's DA show listeners that want to act like we don't know you. Now, is there a pretty big divide between YouTube and Twitch on our show? Yeah, well, at least from Twitch's side. I have to be honest. I haven't fully migrated over to YouTube. I've been pro-Twitch at the beginning, mainly because I didn't know what Twitch was and I had to teach myself it, so it felt weird abandoning it. Uh, I I know that Twitch people feel very infringed on their territory when the YouTube people come in because it feels very simple to go to YouTube. It's It's been around, I think, longer than Twitch. But I didn't know that there was now like a further divide down the line to the Maggie and Perloff group. I found, Maybe. I mean, what, what are we, everybody's got to sit at their own lunch table? Can't everybody get along here? Yeah, I'm surprised. What's the two personalities between our Twitch stream and our YouTube comment? You, YouTube kind of reminds me of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, where... It's like the land of misfit toys. You know, that's where you find a Hurricane Jen. That's where Rob has taken his talents. Kind of some of the classic listeners over there that might feel like their act has gotten old with, like, diehard, maybe more normal-ish people. That they will go form their own community in YouTube and they hang out. And they're kind of like the misfits. Where Twitch people, they're a little bit of sandpaper. They're the Philadelphia Eagle fans of the DA show. They will boo you. They will throw batteries at you. Uh-huh. If you're not one of them, they will slash your tires. Okay. So I think that's kind of the difference. Huh. Okay. Well, that's pretty intimidating. It, it is. sounds like the Twitch chat is pretty intense. They are very intense, but in a good way. They, you know, they care. They are, so there's pride. There's loyalty there. But I could see a little bit of if you're you ain't with us, you're not us. Whatever that is. If you ain't with us, you're against. You're us. against us, and I think that's how Twitch people feel. And YouTube, look, some people in YouTube were Twitchers, but they weren't built for that life. Really? Is so, that right? So, you know, when you can't, when you don't want the property taxes, you fly to Florida and you go and you sit under the palm trees of YouTube. Wow. So that's interesting. Now, speaking of Rob of the three, two, one. Somebody around the office mentioned that Rob wants to be considered for your job and that perhaps Rob might be a good candidate because he does have a background in radio. Perhaps he would be a good candidate. And I do find this an interesting storyline because you and him have been rivals. So can you replace Mraz with the Rob of the 321? I mean, I think you could. Can you? I, I I think it could be a great fit for the show. I think it would be great. I this think sounds you, sarcastic. No, I think you sit him right here next to Pete for four hours. He could do his impersonations. You know, I'm sure he won't annoy any guests at all the way he texts with them. 
I honestly, I think it really, I think the show could really take off with Rob here, the producer chair. I can't tell if you're being serious or not. All right, Pete, how would you feel? Sit next to Rob for four hours? He's not being serious. Why not? Mraz isn't being serious, or no. we should not consider Rob's candidacy seriously. Uh, we'll put him. In, put, we'll take it under advisement. Well, he's got a. You think he's got a history in radio? Yeah, I think so. So, look, I mean, he's pretty good at screening people. He doesn't like Kyle in Arizona. Well, I, I put it this way: I've heard. No offense, Dan. I've heard you laugh. I've heard Dave stammer through a take on Justin Verlander's fastball. Let's be real about it. Rob. Might be annoying. Rob's a little bit of a better candidate than what you guys trotted out here last week. You guys basically gave us the indoor lacrosse league compared to the NFL last week. <laughs> we got Avery in the Bay Area. He wants in. Okay. Well, we know he's got dedication. He'd fly in even for a day. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to hear more of Avery. Maybe I should sit in on these interviews. But I think Rob would get right in the finalist room for sure. In the finalist room? How could he not? Look at his resume. He <laughs> loves telling everybody about What's it. What's his resume? I think he does. You uh, don't know. <laughs> yeah. Quote, look at his resume. Well, he, you, you don't know, know it. He turns his back on fandom for a bit. That's yeah. part of his resume. Solid. Um, he loves to leave living near Disney to vacation at other Disney's. Uh-huh. So, I mean, honestly, he's very loyal. It's uh-huh. a big king. <laughs> um, and he's got a little bit of a background. And he's a, he used to be a New Yorker. So, why not? I don't think that's going to be a plus around here. I just look. I'm looking for guys that'll keep Pete sane. That's most important, and I think there's nobody better at that than Rob. Is that right? Is that right? It is right. Is that so? Is that so? Okay. When we come back here on the show, how big? How big is this huge freeze hire? DA CBS Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, if a Montreal falls on the Knights in the arena and the fans had already left, does it make a noise? DA on CBS Sports Radio. 26 minutes past the hour. What will we do without all those puns? Thanks for being with us, everybody. Every episode of the show is available on YouTube in in terms of 
the full episode. But remember, the great moments of Mraz don't just end when he leaves here on Friday. All of the 12 DAs of Christmas historically are found on YouTube. So you can go and relive all of those until the end of time or until YouTube goes away. One of the two. Now, guys, I can't tell you how many people have come out of the woodwork interested in the job itself, but then also to say goodbye to Mraz. People have said, hey, can I say goodbye? Can I say goodbye? And I, I've tried to, to let everybody that wants to do it. And there was a very talented fellow who reached out to me and said that they would, he would like to do a unique signature farewell. And I said, of course. So he recorded this and sent this to us. So Pete, why don't we play it? Thank you for being a friend. It's still difficult to comprehend. You're leaving us as you head right down the hall. And if you do a party, inviting everyone you knew, you would see I'd sing in French for you and me while the cars are parked by Gail. Thank you for being a friend. Is that amazing? Now he doesn't go two or three verses? I was just getting going. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> He said that to me. I wanted the whole thing. I got to have him extend that. That's great. That warms my heart. Right? Warms your cockles. You, you could say that again. It uh, Also, that is a subject of something that I further cement to bogus inside B of the PGP, which was released this morning. And? What are we kind of riff off our favorite moments working mm -hmm. together in ten and a half years in the DA show, oh. and without a doubt, I've given this too much thought over the last week. I stamp my official favorite moment in my history of the ten and a half years in the DA show, and why Bogus was a special part of it, known now as the retirement ceremony. There is no moment that makes me smile in bed more than that moment, and Bogus's frail arms holding a rope with a fake Vikings jersey hanging from the rafters <laughs> as a song went on and on and on yeah. and on. Bryce was mad about his bagels cooling off during a long NFL take. He didn't have his hands in the air holding a jersey from the ceiling. That, that was a pivotal point in DA show history because it was at that point that we knew either the bosses weren't listening or <laughs> we were untouchable. Same thing. Either or. <laughs> One of the same. Because it was the height of ludicrousness, where we took a member of the show. He had been, quote, banished from the show by virtue of losing a picks competition. <laughs> by leaving the show, we held a retirement ceremony raising his fake jersey into the, quote, rafters, which is just hanging over one of the television lights up here. But now Correct. we have jerseys hanging from the rafters now from Maggie and Perlow. At the time, we did not. <laughs> so he rose his jersey, raised his jersey to the rafters. Bogish held the jersey aloft. And then during the, quote, ceremony, the person in question sang his own goodbye song. <laughs> Dressed in a suit. <laughs> Dressed in a full suit. And sweating profusely. And this went on and 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 on. And when no boss said, what was that? What are you doing? We knew 
we had turned a corner. We could really literally do anything here on the show. No doubt. But that's the mo- that's the moment when I'm in a really bad mood. <laughs> my kid has gone number two in the pool, something like that. And I need five minutes. <laughs> I go to YouTube on my phone, and I pull up that clip, and everything's all right again. The retirement ceremony. Now, there has been a bit of a thawing between he who shall not be named and the show itself and the history of the show. And so, you know, I think it's it's become a good thing. We're starting to get past some of the bumpier moments and a song like that, well, maybe we can't name him, I think does deserve to be played. It does. There's it- a bar in far Bombay. And it makes me a little, I don't know, disappointed that things didn't go differently because if they had... If there were no issues, if there was no ban, no retirement, this gentleman might be the leading candidate to be the new Sean, visually and talent-wise. There's no doubt. And at the time, I remember saying to Mraz that this person could definitely take his job, and Mraz said, I would love to see that. I would love to see you guys deal with this guy producing over one day. One day. You think I'm bad? You think I'm lazy? You think I can't book a guest? I'd love to see it for one day. And probably at the time, he wasn't ready. I think now, though, cutting his teeth in a different market, producing daily a show, sounds like he's got everything kind of squared away that wasn't squared away before. Sounds to me like today he would be actually the yeah. perfect candidate, but he's very happy. He's successful there, and that might be a little a bridge a little too far to welcome him back yeah. to full time yes. employment. And also, honestly, I think he's doing great, but it could be like a John Morant situation. You, you want to keep him out of Memphis, you know, stay away from your friends. <laughs> I don't think he needs to be in New York City again. <laughs> Stay in Minnesota, not much to do. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. I'll add to that. Us as a company forgives and forgets unlike anybody else. There are multiple people here that you would have thought never would have been allowed to come back, and they are happily back. That's true. That's true. We're looking for warm bodies around here. (laughs) Any pulse will do. So, (laughs) Get lost, you loser! Get lost! And I'm... (laughs) We're short on ID badges, so if we have to make a new one, that's great. (laughs) One of the greatest moments ever. Maybe we'll do this over the next two days. Some of the great moments of the last 10 and a half years. But one of my favorite moments of my career, certainly, and absolutely of the last 10 and a half, was when I popped on ESPN.com many moons ago. And the headline to the Ole Miss story cited huge freeze. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody in their editing department had clearly listened to this show enough to where when they tried to write Hugh, instead they wrote huge. That's not a mistake that anybody ever makes. No, this little girl, her name is Maxine. <laughs> her beauty's like a bunch of rolls. Old Miss in trouble from huge freeze violations. I'm like, that is incredible. And if I ever tell you about Maxine. So speaking of, Hugh Freeze is at the SEC Media Days. We just talked to Tom Abraham about Correct. this. I actually think it's a great football move. It's a disastrous personal baggage, hypocrisy, quality of human being move. I I don't trust Hugh Freeze. I don't trust Freeze's word. I don't trust that he's some type of changed man. 
But at Auburn, you're looking to win football games. That's the only thing that matters. And the fact that, you know, they were desperate after Brian Harson just to clean up the mess means that he's the next steak on the grill there. And, you know, you, you, eventually you're going to get burned. Eventually you're going to get seared. You don't go to Auburn for a lifetime job. You go there to collect a nice paycheck, to win some big games, and eventually be under scrutiny and fire and get fired. But from a football standpoint, I get it. It's hard to disassociate the two. He does not have a good track record of, quote, telling the truth, of doing things the right way. But if you're looking at football strictly at Auburn, yeah, it was a good hire. Bogues has headlines. DA have been saying it all morning. 12 baseball teams scored 10-plus runs last night, the most since 1894. The Yankees scored a run. 5-1 losers in Anaheim. They are now 1-4 and four since the All-Star break, and Anthony Rizzo is bummed. This is a, a, a low point, and uh, we've been battling, and... Um, but this is part of it, and uh, that's what we keep telling each other. Um, this is part of the journey, and this is the story of the 2023 season, and this is what we're dealt with. These are the cards in front of us, and we just got to keep playing. Now, the Yankees are last in the AL East, but they're 50-46. and 46. That would be good enough to lead the AL Central at the moment. Mm. Now, as for all that offense, it was a 16-13 pitchers duel in Atlanta, won by the Diamondbacks. There were three 11-10 finals. The Mets over the White Sox, the Giants over the Reds, and the Royals over the Tigers. And a pair of 10-3s, the Dodgers winning in Baltimore, the Twins in Seattle, and Cleveland smacked Pittsburgh 10-1. The Rays lost in Texas 5-3, dropping to 3-10 in July. The Phillies beat the Brewers 4-3 for a four-game win streak. And the Cardinals got one big swing from Nolan Arenado. And the pitch is hammered to left field! This could be! And it's gone! A walk-off big fly. A three-run shot into the bleachers. And the Cardinals walk it off here at Bush Stadium. That's from Cardinals Radio St. Louis. A 5-2 win in 10 over Miami. The Marlins have now dropped five in a row. The Steelers reportedly signing edge rusher Alex Highsmith to a four-year extension with almost 28 mil guaranteed. He had 14 and a half sacks last season. Meanwhile, Cowboys O-lineman Zach Martin reportedly considering a holdout unhappy with his contract. The Mountain West has reportedly told San Diego State that it's a good-standing league member that ends a few weeks of drama over whether or not the Aztecs began their exit from the conference. They want to go to the Pac-12, but that became impossible now since the Pac-12 still doesn't have its media deal locked in. A poorly worded letter from SDSU began all of this. Uh, it is believed the school will have to pay everybody's legal fees for this back and forth, but it will soon get the $6.6 million payout the conference had been withholding. Sixers GM Daryl Morey confirmed yesterday James Harden does want Want to trade, but said he'd only do one if it keeps the Sixers title contenders. Maury adding the team would be thrilled if Harden changed his mind. The Nets and Cavaliers will play in Paris in January. And in the WNBA last night, the struggling Mercury topped the Sun 72-66. Phoenix had lost their previous six meetings. DA, back to you. Whereas you sent along that story, and I'm wondering in the topic list if there's been other stories that I saw the one that you sent about the specifics of the Pac-12 media deal because that San Diego State story directly ties into that. Right. San Diego State was waiting for the Pac-12 media rights deal to be finalized 
so that they knew they had the money coming in to leave. The Pac-12 wants them because they give them a footprint in Southern California once UCLA and USC leave next year. But San Diego State had to pull back because they never finalized that rights deal, and so now they're a Mountain West member for at least another year. Where are all the Pac-12 games going to end up going? I know they haven't officially announced it yet, but... Well, I believe that you're going to get a combination of the ESPNs, ESPN, ESPN2, and I believe ESPN Plus, because they did tie in the fact that it's going to be very similar to what the ACC and Big 12 has going, which is part of that package. But I believe, based on what I've read, that some combination of the Fox Sports Go app and FS1 will get some of the late-night games as well as they're dispersed all over the place. Boy, so they're going to try to push them on ESPN Plus and Fox Sports Go. Yeah. Yeah, that's where your streaming is going to come in for the most part. They'll be you know, the extra inventory. Super interesting to see what they get. Super interesting because the Big 12 torpedoed them by closing their deal before the Pac-12 deal. And I think that took a lot of money and players off the table for them. And then they got the leftovers. Well, I mean, it just even goes back as far as Larry Scott and completely mishandling the Pac-12 network. I mean, they've been a disaster for a long time. They should have been the ones sitting there turning people away, joining them in all of this. Instead, they're trying to play catch up and poach whatever is left after the Big 12 jumped first. Exactly. And who knows, maybe USC and UCLA would have left anyway. But because Larry Scott was such a nightmare, he left the conference completely vulnerable with a disastrous media rights deal, and so they felt like they had to leave when right. the Big Ten came knocking. Yeah, maybe the gap between them and the Big Ten would have been smaller, not enough to break all of the tradition and all of the rivalries, but now it's just there is no reason to stay. And the problem is, outside of Oregon, there's really, when you don't have USC, what right now, Pac-12-wise, do you need to watch this football season? You don't. You don't need Arizona, Arizona State. You don't need Stanford, certainly. That's it. Cal's been a disaster. Washington's been okay. Utah, good, but probably not. I can't miss. No, it's it's Oregon, right? I mean, you'll care. Washington plays Boise State week one. Like, that has some early season sex. But once you get to mid-October, you don't care about Washington football anymore. Once you get into league play, it's going to be difficult for the Pac-12 to have relevance, especially after USC and UCLA leave. UCLA held relevance because of tradition. They've been a little better recent years under Chip Kelly. But really, USC yeah. was a reason to always watch a Pac-12 game. USC and Oregon have, have been must-see TV for a while now. Is that Washington game in Boise? I don't know. I just know that that is the main national game at 3.30, that opening Labor Day weekend Saturday. Because I feel like that game came up when we were there, DA, and that was the suggestion when we should come back. Oh, good point. I know that's the no, big No, that game in Washington. Okay. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, that is like the, maybe like the big ABC game or whatever that is that weekend. There was a game, another Power 5 school, that and we were projecting multiple years out, that people kept suggesting was one for us to return for. You're right. Forget what that was. They're going to get UCF, though, at Albertson. Wasn't Florida State there he did that? Yeah. No, it might have been the FSU game. Maybe. Maybe. But they, they do get UCF on the on the blue turf this year. That's cool. Yeah, so that's a big 12 Yeah. now. When we come back here on the show, Advanced Analytics and your epic fail, DA, CBS Sports Radio. No one knows what analytics is. They think it's like a bunch of nerds doing math, which I don't know, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> it's time now for the Mothership's Advanced Analytics. Big debate earlier in the show, prefer body wash or bar of soap? 
58% of you say body wash. Wow, is that so? Now, data tells us the earliest known bar of soap was 2800 B.C., created by the Babylonians, not the West Babylonians. William Shepard patented the formula for liquid soap back in the late 1800s, and the largest bar of soap weighed over 31,000 pounds. Wow. Well, this has been a hell of a week. we got two more shows to go. We don't know who's going to take over the reins from her as we're still in the middle of the interview process. I know the listeners have largely interviewed, but we have yet to get to the people that have been in the industry and have done the job before. Well, that starts today. The Robs. Or the people that have been part-timers here at CBS Sports Radio looking to, to get promoted, so... There's a lot to get to. As it unfolds, obviously, you guys will be the first to know. Unless I'm not allowed to say, in which case you'll be the last to know. I don't know. Maybe I'll be the last to know. (laughs) Sometimes, often, that's the way things can work around here. (laughs) But more mystery guests tomorrow and Friday. And more mystery segments. But I do promise no more cuttlefish chips. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Burn those bags, please. They were... uh, my, it still feels caked onto my teeth. I almost feel like I need a root canal after eating those chips. It's so bad. Root canal actually tastes better than that. What did we choose on the epic fail, that? Well, look, I don't know what the next two days of the epic fail are going to be. So I think we give another hat tip to Bob as Krusty the Clown. Okay, all right. Bob is Krusty. Here we go. Even the DA show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic fail. Are fitted caps still in, guys? Yeah. They're big. Yeah. yeah. I know they're still in because my dad hates them. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good gauge. My dad needs like the Velcro strap on the back. He doesn't even want like the dots. <laughs> so that's how I definitely know fitted hats are in. Is that because it's too much work for Bob? Hey, welcome. I'm Bob. Come on in. This is my boss. I, well, I guess his hair grows really crusty, <laughs> the clowny and poofy. So he needs to constantly adjust if he doesn't have a haircut. So, I mean, I went to, it was like May. I mean, the Yankees haggling with the guy outside, getting him down from seven bucks to five bucks. And the guy's like, for the Velcro hat? Nobody even wants that. I would have given it to you for a buck. Go Big Blue. Bob bought a Velcro Yankees hat? Yeah, from a guy at a flip-up table that was selling bottled waters for a dollar. Right outside Yankee Stadium. The Velcro one's awesome. What a dad move. That was hot. That was really hot for me to do. Or hard. <laughs> totally. It's actually a grandpa move. It's not even totally. a dad move. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he's got the cane. I'm like, this is this is what we are now. Yankee the clown. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Just to show him how grateful I am. I told him you would. Don't make me a liar. <laughs> <laughs> the moment that hair grows out a little bit, he's got to adjust the Velcro, and it lifts up and up and up on his head like an hot air. <laughs> Kids. It's my Vel- Velcro Yankees hat. <laughs> oh, God. How long do I have to keep doing this? <laughs> hey, kids. The Yankees are in the playoff race. Oh, God. When's Judge coming back? <laughs> Wasn't that a beautiful cartoon? Epic fail, you loser. That is why you fail. Oh, God, is this season over yet? (laughs) Two more months of trade deadline talk. Oh, God.
<laughs> well, I will say that nary a tear has been shed this week. I don't know if we're going to get there. I know Cap has been waiting to catch something emotional on the air, but he might have to keep waiting. I don't think any of us are going to break down. No, we've we've had funny uh, funny quips. I mean, look, you never know. Sinatra starts playing "Summer Wind," something like that. Next thing you know, the tears are flowing. But I think we're no, I think we're good. If I can get like the mystery guest to be Ryan Callahan or something, then maybe we'd get some tears. Totally, totally would be. But I don't know. Look, I think we cried when I got the diagnosis. I've been in hospice now for three weeks. <laughs> Horrible way to put it. Terrible. But he did a burger comp earlier. That's nowhere near that. I didn't do a death comp. Well, Mraz is dying. I hate to break it there, buddy. I'm in hospice now. That's horrible. Well, that's true. The Mraz character is kind of fading from the picture, much like Back to the Future. Yeah. Where am I? (laughs) Yeah, now it's only Sean Morash. You'll probably have super professional promotional photos done with the guys that will probably be... Posted on social media here shortly, or perhaps even posted on our simulcast by Andrew <laughs> Kaplan. <laughs> Very professional, yes. <laughs> now, today you've got a meeting with the boss or with the whole crew? I'm not sure. I know uh, a boss will be there. I don't know if it's the whole crew. Hopefully it's that, that this is still going forward. <laughs> well, remember, it, it's Sean Morash. If it's not going forward... Let us know soon because we have a lot of applicants to go through this. I'll, I'll call Rob first, then you. Rob Break the three the two tool. one. Rob the three two one is apparently being considered. I'm not sure if it's by the powers that be or if it's by Bryce Gelman, our intern. Yeah, no, I, I think by Pete first and foremost. <laughs> yeah, by me, right by me. <laughs> Today was a big day, by the way. Mraz saying, I'm not going to be the food guy anymore. Today, ate multiple bagels. They were delicious. Bryce brought them in. Delicious. And then ate disgusting chips for the taste testing. And then crushed a Baconator. Any more. Any more. <laughs> after this week. Any more. <laughs> Can you go over there already, please? That'll do it for us this morning here on the show. Thanks to Sean Mraz, executive producer. Thanks to Pete the Body Bilotti on the Wheels of Steel and Audio Director. Thanks to Andrew Bogish on your headlines. Thanks to Andrew Kaplan, the Wizard of Watch DA. And thanks to Bryce Gelman as well for helping out behind the scenes today, making a hot bagel run. All right, we will see you tomorrow. Be good and be good to one another. I'm DA and the Mothership Disconnect. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.